are digital nomads. We work anywhere. We're not limited by location. We're not limited by self-belief. We are works in progress. I'm Beck Power, and this is the Nomad Me Podcast. Naomi Peters is a full-time house sitter who mostly works with clients overseas, but she is also an experienced actress and stunt woman, among other things. She joins me from her current sit in Australia to talk about her triple citizenship, house sitting, managing time and money as a digital nomad, and lots more. Let's do this. Naomi Peters, welcome to the show. Hello. It is so great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Um, so we, we, we are, we're going to be talking about some productivity stuff and how you got started and you've, you're a very long time nomad. Um, but I want to just tell the audience how we first met, which I believe was at 7 and 7 in Bangkok. It was, yeah, a couple of years ago. Yes, it was, because um, we, we since met again in Barcelona. And will you be in, um, where, where is it again? <laughs> Colombia? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm planning on it at the moment, yeah. Awesome. I love it. It's just like a reunion every year. It's so cool. Um, so actually, a lot of the people I've interviewed have been at 7 and 7, just because I met them in person. So I'm like, ah, I love you. We've got to do the interview. Um, so let's, let's get started talking about how you originally got started as a nomad, because it was a while back. Yeah. So... Um, I started my professional career as uh, an actor and, a, and then later a stunt person. So I'd done a lot of theatre, film, telly. Um, and as anybody who knows about the entertainment industry, um, it is a bit of a roller coaster career. So sometimes you are working non-stop jobs back to back or a long film shoot or theatre gig or something like that. And sometimes a bit of a desert period and no work. And so... Um, as many of us do, I needed a financial through line. And so at the beginning of 2007, I started my small business, which I think we'll talk a bit more about. Mm. Um, and uh, kind of unintentionally, unbeknownst to me, by mid 2007, late 2007, um, I had that financial income stream stable enough to really call myself location independent even though I didn't know to call myself that then um and so uh yeah so so because I was still focused at that time on acting and stunts I was splitting my time between New York and LA um and as I got older my perspective shifted what I wanted out of the industry and my career and my life shifted um, so the acting in the stunts is currently on pause. It's a bit of a question mark. Um, I don't think I'm done with it, but I don't know. Um, I know I'm going to be a brilliant crotchety old lady. So it might be that when I get, get to be 70, I'm going to have a stream of parts. I don't know. <laughs> um, but right now I am, uh, listening and feeding the nomad. So been location independent since, mid late 2007 been full-on nomad since mid 2016 and that's when i started doing the full-time house sitting wow yeah so you're a full-time house sitter how do you organize that uh so i have a profile on three platforms but also i know you've interviewed nat and jody on here mm -hmm. and i'm a member of their inner circle so oh. you know 
referrals as well. Um, but yeah, so up till now, I've been doing a series of, of new house sits from platforms or word of mouth. And this year is going to be really interesting because all but one are um, repeats. And so it's a bit of the changeability coupled with the familiar when I get somewhere. So like mm -hmm. I'm in Sydney right now and this is a set that I did last year um, for three months and I'm going to do it again next year. Um, wow. And my one and only new one I'm very excited about because I'm going to your home country for the first time. Really? Um, in mid-August I'll be doing a month on the North Island of New Zealand. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Right. And the thing about house sitting is so cool because, you know, you're making money as a nomad but you're living for free and, and accommodation as as you know, if you're listening to this and you've ever traveled or lived anywhere other than your mum's house, you know, accommodation is, a, is a, the biggest, often yeah. the biggest um, expense. And so if you don't have to deal with that, it just makes life so much easier. Totally. And, you know, uh, you know, we'll talk about budgeting and things, but, uh, but like when you talk about money, there are basically two things you can do to improve your position. You can increase income or you can decrease expenses. Yeah. And so I had basically two, two big reasons for doing the nomad full-time house sitting thing. One of them was my focus on career and listening and not really sure of um, was even though my muddy mix of an accent doesn't really tell anybody this I grew up in the states and went through the American educational system oh. and so I've got student loans from undergrad and graduate school oh. and you know, I'm 41 and I was getting really tired of every decision I make in life being um, constrained by my level of debt Mm. And so my business is doing really well, but I am in a business that trades time for money. Mm -hmm. And so there's only a certain number of hours in the day. Um, and uh, so my next thing was, okay, reduce expenses. And that's when I had already been thinking about doing the nomad thing. Um, but then I started thinking more about it and getting really excited about the idea of house and pet sitting and all that. And it just, they just kind of came together. And I will tell you in the last two years, I've paid off more debt than I had in the previous five, 10 years combined. Wow. Like I have officially turned a massive corner financially and it's been a game changer for me. That's really, really awesome. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, you've either got to um, make more money or, or save money somehow and housing is a great way to do that. Well, um, let's, let's talk about productivity because your business is based around productivity for, uh, for businesses, right? Streamlining and all yes. that. So I have lots of clients. Some of them are on the personal side. Some of them are small businesses. Mm. Um, but I do, so I do a, a little bit of consulting in time management and workflow efficiencies. Mm. Um, it's probably, um, I am also an extreme introvert. So I do that a little bit less just because it takes so much energy. Mm. Um, but, but I'm, I'm good at it. So, <laughs> so, um, uh, hopefully my clients are happy. Um, and then I also do a lot of bookkeeping. So with both of those things, it's, it's basically, it's budgeting your time and budgeting your money. Mm. And the way I look at the evil word budget, it's basically you deciding what are your priorities, right? What are your priorities for your time, for your dollars, for your pounds, whatever, for your money. Um, and then you assigning 
tasks or jobs to that time and to that money based on those priorities. So when it comes to time, for example, um, I my calendar is is queen. You know, I I use a time blocking system. So I will set myself up with an ideal month or week in advance, and I'll set out the time blocks on my calendar. And then as I get closer to that time and as clients are saying, oh, can we do a call here? Oh, you know, I have this urgent project there. You're editing, you know, you're, you're tweaking, you're moving your time blocks around. So the fact is you've got a plan, but that plan is never rigid. And I think that's the key place where a lot of people get hung up is they think that if they put a schedule in their calendar mm-hmm. and they don't abide by it, somehow they're a failure. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. This is there, it's a tool to serve you, right? So you put these time blocks in your calendar and as you go, I think another thing that's really important for awareness is for you to adjust your calendar based on what you actually did. So looking back as well, so that as you go forward, you can plan better, you have more awareness. So that let's say you've got a time block from 10 a.m. to 12 noon set aside for client client ABC, right? And you end up on that day and you had a bit of flexibility around it. So you end up starting around 10.15, but you went a bit longer and you went to one o'clock. Mm-hmm. So when you're done with that, you actually adjust your calendar so that when you're planning the next week and the next time you work on that client, you think, oh, you know what, that took a bit longer. So then in your calendar, you you set the next time block maybe a bit more realistically. Mm. Because the thing is, if you're realistic about it, then you you allow for you allow space for Um, for the work that you're doing and it becomes less about you know that feeling of pressure you get when you're like oh I've got to get this done I've got to get this done and I don't have enough time yes I if you you have planned like if you've put that in your calendar and if you've kind of padded it out a bit Mm. you kind of remove that feeling and all of a sudden you have that that breath in there Mm -hmm. and and all of a sudden, whatever work you've got, you your work becomes more manageable for yourself. Mm. You are giving your clients more realistic expectations and then meeting and or exceeding them, mm. um, et cetera. And it's the same thing with your money. You know, if you take and you say, like, if you're doing your own, if you're not delegating to a wonderful bookkeeper like me <laughs> and you're doing your own books, um, the, my favorite software, no affiliate or anything like that, my favorite software that I use is called uh, YNAB, You Need a Budget. Oh, yeah. And um, it's, the philosophy behind it is great. The rule number one is give every dollar a job. And so if you take the money that you have available, not what you think is going to come in, but what you have available and you kind of give it jobs, then you're being realistic and you're adding a breath to, I know I have what I need for these jobs. And if your number one priority, if you really, really want to go on this day trip, but you have X number of dollars in your, you know, available to be budgeted and you haven't eaten that week, well, you know, your priorities are kind of being set for you and you need to give those dollars a job to, to eat, you know? Mm. Um, so it's, it's about 
bringing in a little bit of reality and a little bit of structure. And the really brilliant thing about that is if you bring in that, it allows for the um, spontaneity. Mm. Because, for example, um, uh, if I have client blocks for two or three clients on a day, Mm. And I wake up that day and I am inspired to, I don't know, go to the zoo or do something absolutely bonkers. Because I've got the flexibility and because I've got this structure within which I work, I think, okay, so this work needs to get done, but I want to do something spontaneous today. So I know I need to do it. So let me move this time block to the next available open period. And so I just move those time blocks on my calendar. And so all of a sudden, this, this structure that I have, it reassures me that I'm going to get my work done, that I'm going to take care of those clients, and I don't have to feel ooh, that pressure feeling of, of when is this going to happen, because I know when it's going to happen. Mm. But I also get to say, you know what, I feel like doing something crazy today. Mm. Um, so that's just, it's tiny, tiny, tiny bit of introduction of kind of what yeah. I do, but... Uh, but that's kind of the cornerstone is, is using a structure to allow for flexibility. That's really cool that you, because um, I find with my calendar, what I do quite often is, is I feel great in the morning and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get all these things done. And then, and this is, you know, one of many first mistakes is I, I start by scheduling out my calendar for the day at that, in the moment, in the morning. Um, because there's not a lot that I have as a nomad. There's not a lot that I have that's actually set. I don't have client calls or stuff like that. So um, podcast calls I do now, but usually there's a bunch of space and I'm like, I just have a list of things and then I'm like, which things do I want to pop into the calendar? And then I just put way too many things on and I'm already yeah. set to fail. So um, I, I think you're right. If I like any time that I, you know, I'll, I'll end up not doing them and then I have to move some of them to the next day and some of them just keep getting pushed and pushed and I'm like, oh man, like this isn't, yeah, you're right. People just set themselves up for failure and then I think if they don't do it, it's all failed. I definitely never look back on what I did yesterday and like adjust yeah. it ever. I'm like, oh, let's just forget that that happened. <laughs> move on. Yeah. So like two things. One is with the caveat that everybody is different and everybody's going to respond slightly differently to different setups. Mm -hmm. um, I hugely recommend do not plan out your day at the beginning of the day. <laughs> the night before, the week before, yeah. because you're always going to come up with somebody tugging on you, wanting your attention rather than what you have said that you want to do. Mm. Um, and the second thing, oh, it's going away from my head. Um, oh, um, it's just like, you know, when you're working out and you keep track of either, you know, your weight or how much you're lifting on a particular, like the data is, is to me less important as to what it represents about yourself. It's more important about awareness. Mm. Like there, there have been studies done about people who don't change anything about the way they eat or the way they work out. But if they just keep track of, say, mm -hmm. for example, their step on the scale and keep track of their um, weight, that awareness somehow seeps into the and all of a sudden micro changes in their behavior mm -hmm. and they start losing weight. 
And so the same thing is for your calendar. That's why I say to adjust to what you have actually done, because it's not about judging. It's not about um, saying, oh, I spent too much time here or I didn't spend enough time here. It's about those tiny little awarenesses creeping into your subconscious of mm. how much time it takes you to actually do something that you want to do. Mm. So you automatically start planning um, a bit more realistically and, and with that breath and with that space so that, you know, you, you do things in a way that, that feels a bit more comfortable. That's really helpful. So um, it's like what gets measured gets managed a little bit. You yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. I love it. I really, I'm um, a person who's not great with details and um, you, you may know this uh, and da like data is just not something I even want to deal with, but I absolutely, you know, like the times when I go to the gym and I'm like, oh, and I walk in, I'm like, okay, I did it this morning. I'm going to admit it. I walked in like, Hey, what am I going to do now? <laughs> like that's never a good way to enter a gym. You have to like, yeah. and I used to go and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, go on the treadmill for 20 minutes and I'm going to do three or 10 of these three times. Then I'm going to do 10 of those three times. You have like this whole thing. And then guess what? I do it. And I yeah. do way more than I did this morning, which was run for 10 minutes and then do like a few weird weight things that I didn't really measure or manage. You know, do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm sure the other way is much more effective. And in my brain, I'm like, ah, I still went to the gym, but it's not. Does definitely doesn't count as much as the times when I walk in and I know exactly what I have to do and I just do it and then I go. Yeah, yeah. And like I know, I know. It's, it's sometimes it's also about being realistic about about your own patterns. Like mm -hmm. for me, because I am such a detail oriented person, like I spend my days doing this for clients and mm -hmm. and you know. So I know, like one of my goals, because this house set is three months long and I'm going to be in Sydney and I can get into a bit more of a routine. One of my goals for being here is to leave Sydney a bit more fit than I got here. Mm -hmm. But I know that I'm the same way. Like when I get to the end of my day, like I don't have that mental capacity left to tell myself what to do. Mm -hmm. So I've hired a trainer here and it's a bit of a luxury, but I get to go to the gym and say, tell me what to do. And that's that. a place where I'm being realistic with myself and it's making an enormous difference. So. Yeah, totally get it. That's, and that's right. It's a luxury. And uh, I had uh, a trainer here in Bangkok for a while and it was really great just to know that he was going to turn up at the time. I don't have to convince myself to go to the gym. He's going to turn up, knock on my door. And then I'll be like, Oh, and I'll hate it, but I'll go because he's there. I'll go, you know, do the things that he says, just whatever he says, just do it. And yeah, it's so much easier. Um, so yeah. in lieu of um, having a trainer, it's definitely good to have like already listed out in the gym or like on your wall on the way to the gym, you grab the, well, I mean, I guess you just have apps and stuff that you can. They make so many apps now. Yeah. That, that will have like routines or stuff that you could take to the gym stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I need to look up those, some of those apps. Anyway, we went to, we went all the way to the gym there. That was not really, really where we were headed. But, um, <laughs> it's data, isn't it? It's, it's what gets it managed. So cool, cool, cool. We've covered an extra topic that we had, we didn't intend. Um, <laughs> So let's do you ready for the quick fire round? Yeah, sure. Let's let's do it. Um, did I have any other questions? I might have had oh I'll ask it in the in the quick fire round. All right. 
What is your favorite book slash genre if you can pick? Ooh, um, favorite. I don't know if I've got a specific favorite book. I've got a favorite author, hmm. um, and that's Salman Rushdie. Ooh, okay. Really cool. like him. I love. I love the kind of magical realism novel type, um, where it's it's a little bit non sequitur stream of consciousness, but then it all comes back to this amazingly kind of poetic language. I like that. All right. Um, what is a, if you have one, weird thing that you take with you everywhere? Weird thing that I take with me everywhere. I didn't prepare I probably, you. Yeah, I probably have a few of those because I, I, I am not a light traveller. <laughs> um, um, I suppose probably the weirdest thing is, oh gosh, I don't know if I want to admit this. Um, <laughs> I love it. Now you have to tell us. <laughs> um i've got a set of shredding scissors um because not everywhere i go has access to a shredder and i because sometimes i occasionally like i'm pretty much paperless but every now and again like a client will need to send me something or whatever and so i've got this paper that's not only related to me but also to some clients and i want to dispose of it securely so i i have a set of shredding scissors <laughs> <laughs> so awesome ah oh, that is quite weird um Liz Scully told me that she carries around um like what was it like teacups oh right and yeah, I don't like tea towels or something like that I was like yeah. hmm she said because everywhere I go just is like an Ikea and then you know, I just yeah. need to have my teacups and my tea towels and I feel like I'm at home <laughs> awesome random um, okay. Uh, what is your, you've, you've said, um, YNAB already <clears throat> yeah. and we'll put that link in the show notes. Uh, you need a budget, but what's uh, your favorite app or website that you use regularly? Um, well, in terms of like organizing myself and my team, uh, we use a combination of Asana and Evernote. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are things I use every single day. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'll do that. All right, cool. Asana and Evernote. Um, uh, have you had any mentors? I think everybody is a mentor in some way. Mm. I mean, I think that's, that's kind of the point of, you know, walking through the world is, is if you walk through the world with curiosity, it becomes more a question of what can I learn from your story when I meet you? Mm. Um, a good quote. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, well, okay, no, 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 I will say one, um, when I was in graduate school, so I went to graduate school, I got my master's in, in acting at the American Conservatory Theatre in San Francisco, uh, which is one of the kind of elite drama schools in the US, and um, uh, Frank Otterwell, he was my Alexander teacher and he and I stayed in touch. He has passed on now, but he said words to me that I will forever hold in my heart. Oh, that's nice. Cool. Um, lastly, I guess, what's your uh, advice for nomadic, uh, someone who wants to go nomadic, wants to be a digital nomad? What's your advice to them to get started? Um, so, 
I think um, if they're trying to figure out like if it's possible for them, um, then they first want to start with the logistics, kind of, you know, where, where they have their passport, what doors are and are not open to them in terms of visas, free movement, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, do they have an income stream that can travel with you? If not, what are your plans for supporting yourself? You know, if those questions are answered and aren't obstacles, then I would say enjoy a moment of gratitude because that's amazing. Um, And the next question becomes, what do you want? Because the big thing I I hear around the nomad world is like, it's not a matter of trying to replicate what somebody else has done. There are so, so many ways to do this and there's no way that's wrong. Mm. Like you can move at different speeds. You can stay in one region and get specific about exploring that region or you can do a global sampler platter, platter and, you know, all the variations within. Um, there's a quote that I really like. Actually, they, so, so there's kind of, kind of on the pendulum of things that you can do. Um, there's a, a Thoreau quote that I like. Um, if you have built, ca- I've got this on my computer. <laughs> if you have built castles in the air, your work need not be lost. That is where they should be. Now put the foundations under them. Mm. So that's kind of you, that's one thought process where you decide what you want. You decide kind of a big goal and then you work backwards and break that path into action steps mm. and you do step one. But the other, the other end of the pendulum is equally as valid. Uh, what do you want to do with step one? And you may have no idea where you're going. Um, and so I think, I think whether you have a big goal about where you want to get and, and you kind of work backwards from there, or if you have no idea whatsoever and you just know, I want to go visit Chiang Mai or whatever, you know, and start there. Um, I think it, the biggest, the biggest piece of advice I have is that all the different possibilities, because there's no way to do this, mm. uh, there's no wrong way to do this. All the possibilities out there can be completely daunting. So you have to clear all of that away. Yeah. You just have to cho- make one choice, whatever that step one is. If it is a step one towards a larger goal, or if it's a step one with no idea what step two is, mm-hmm. you have to be comfortable. You know, before we started, we were talking about um, decisiveness and indecisiveness yeah. and all that. And it's all well and good to not know which book you want to read next or or where you want to go eat dinner or something. But if you're going to do this life, you have to be able to make a decision about Mm -hmm. what's my next step. So if you don't feel comfortable, if you need somebody else to tell you those decisions, you might want to rethink what you're going to do. Mm. Um, But if you want this life and you want you know, to be a nomad, however slow or fast that means to you, um, then in terms of location, in terms of ideas, you just need to be able to make a decision about this next step. That's really great advice. Well said. Um, Cool. Well, where can people find you online if they want to connect with you? Uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, I am... So me and my threeness, um, uh, I've, I, we didn't mention I'm the, the triple citizen. So like, oh yeah, yeah. So, so I've got a thing with three. So I've got three citizenships, three websites. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, my three websites for my business is my business is called the Bacana plan. And so that's the Um, my 
acting and stunts, which is currently in question mark mode, is just naomipeters.com. And my full-time house sitting is gingerandtrouble.com. Interesting. Good name. So. Um, well, actually, I don't normally do this, but I want to ask you about your three citizenships. Yeah. Uh, how and, and when and why and what? Mum's an Aussie, Dad's a Brit. I was born and raised in the States. So oh. Complete luck. Oh, yeah. that is luck. I was like, how can we do... Oh. <laughs> yeah, I so know. So blame our parents. Like, And if... If Scotland votes for independence, which I'm not advocating either way, yeah. but if it does, then I'll have four. No! My dad's, my dad's half English, half Scottish. Oh my goodness. That's so unfair. We're all just silently like hating us right now. Okay. I know. Trust me. It's gratitude. I know I'm lucky. So <laughs> Because it takes so long to get them. I was like, wow, you must have like, you know. Yeah. No, it luck. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it's been great to have you on the show, Naomi. Love your work. Thank you. It's wonderful to catch up. Thanks for tuning in today. If you love Nomad Me, make sure to leave your good review on iTunes. Every week, I select a reviewer to win a lifetime Nomad Fly membership for free. All the show notes can be found at digitalnomad.me. See you tomorrow.